And then I just said, you know what, let me make a mix, and then they can add whatever they want. Welcome to My Empower Project with your host, Erin Rowe. We will discuss nutrition, fitness, becoming your own boss, and just becoming better every day. I invite you to join My Empower Project as we embark, embrace, encompass, and enlighten. Today, let's welcome Dina to My Empower Project. She is the creator, founder, and owner of Good Dees. She created my favorite healthy brownies amongst other desserts, and I'll let her tell you more. Hi, Dina. Hi. Did your business really just begin with cookies? It really did. <laughs> I was, and my family, my father's an entrepreneur. My sister was an entrepreneur and still is. It was just funny, you know, when they tried to explain to people what I did and they said I made cookies. I was like, it's not really that I made cookies, but, you know, even today I was getting my hair done and he goes, oh, because you're the one who does cookies? I was like, well, I mean, they're baking mixes, but yeah, cookies. <laughs> yes, I am. I really did start with cookies because there's something about a chocolate chip cookie. It's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> I completely agree. I'd love to hear actually your old relationship with food and how that changed before Good Deeds was created. It's very funny that you're asking me this. I actually went on stories today on Instagram and live saying that even though I definitely have a better relationship with food now, it doesn't mean you always have to feel great about yourself. I think I'm always going to have to be conscious of, I think, what I'm eating. And I think that's fine. I used to do, oh, this is bad. And I used to say, oh, this is good. And I yo-yoed and would lose a lot of weight and then gain a lot of weight. And lose. this is like, I think my first diet was after fifth grade, which wow. is sad. That yeah. is sad. You know, like what a life. It's almost like, you know, I would hide how much I love food because I do. <laughs> I mean, I clearly have <laughs> a food company. And old me wasn't as, I guess, even secure or understood how food can be just so good for you and delicious and also have memories. It just ha Food can be so many things. The old me would have never even taken this chance to have a food company because no matter how much I lost, I would always have this kind of distorted image of myself. I, I used to think, well, no, why would I have a food company? Because no, everyone will be like, well, and like a healthy food company, if you will, because I just thought no matter my size, they would just, someone would see me and be like, well, why would I buy from her? And that's sad. Right. I mean, that was going to, that could be something that would have stopped me. And now my relationship with food is just, and I, which I think is a success. It's just so different. I think food is food and it can be for memory's sake and very nostalgic. I think it's just plain delicious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I've said this before, I love going to grocery stores. I love going through the produce aisles. I can literally spend two hours. In I've gone babysitters before just so I can go to the grocery store by myself. It is beautiful. And so I think it is something that I now speak about in a way where I'm like, yeah, I love food. And I don't have that feeling in the back of my head, you know, kind of like that voice, like, well, don't talk about how much you love food. I'm like, no, I love food. And I know now what works for me and what doesn't. And I think that really helps you. I think when you assume everything will work for you and then you're so hard on yourself when it doesn't or when you restrict and then when you finally, you know, maybe overeat or binge. And again, you're just so hard on yourself. You just assume that you have these tools to figure it out. So I'm now at the stage where food can be 
just food for me. I don't really look at it anymore as this is bad food or good food. I do look at it as this delicious <laughs> and is this not delicious. And I also know that 80 to 90 percent of the time I'm eating what makes my body feel good and I'm more thinking about do I feel good after I eat this? And there's some food that quote unquote is nutritious or has nutritional value that someone would be like, yeah, it's good, but does it work for my body? No, probably not. Like I love cauliflower, but it doesn't work well with me. Like I just don't feel well after it. It's just a very great feeling to feel in tune with your body. I used to have the mentality that let me just eat this today and then tomorrow I'm going to start fresh. And I think a lot of people have this. I've, I've spoken to people about it. Or if you eat something that you quote unquote thought wasn't good for you or was a bad food, even though you've overall look at your day, you feel like you were doing okay, it can just trigger you or it would trigger me. But now if I go or I visit my mom in Texas, my mom and dad, and I love her food and I'm not going to deprive myself of that because it's delicious. And I think to miss out on situations, to not go out socially, that's not something I'm willing to do anymore. And I know what works for me now. And I think knowing what works for me kind of gave me that power back. I used to be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, this is before, obviously, I went low carb. I am going to eat this for breakfast and I'm going to eat this for lunch. I'm going to eat this for dinner. And then I would calculate in my head the calories. And it's just so freeing because you're like, I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. <laughs> and this is probably what's going to make me feel better. A situation comes up and there's something I really want. That's okay, too. It's been a journey. I'm 35 now. I just realized after I had kind of a bit of a health scare the last summer, it's not a way to live. I think overall, we're, we're very privileged. We are part of the community and we have internet and we're able to choose food that we want to eat because we have either certain goals or because of how, how we feel. I just always have to put, I put it into the perspective of there's some people who don't even have that option. So it's a luxury to have that option. Uh, and I think when I, when I thought of it that way, that kind of also, I don't know, it shifted my mindset. I'm nodding my head over here because it does take time to figure out how to pay attention to what makes you feel good and have that intuition and to switch your mind from this is good and this is bad. So I definitely like that you shared that. And when you travel, you shouldn't feel guilty if you're eating food that you love because it's part of life. We're human. But being smart yeah. about what makes me feel good, if cauliflower doesn't work for you, there's not a one-size-fits-all thing for everyone. Like, I can't eat quinoa. I just can't eat it. Oh, so I can't either. No, 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 I cannot. I had it. I also I had it when I was pregnant with my second and we were on a vacation and I did. it did not sit well with me and I am traumatized. <laughs> not eating again. <laughs> but you know, it's like what you're saying. I think knowing, you know, they say like 80% of the time, just kind of eating generally what makes you feel good. And whether that's keto or low carb or vegan or, or whatever works for you, knowing that that works for you and giving yourself the flexibility and freedom for that other 10 to 20%, it's just so different. You're not so concerned anymore. And it's nice because there's so many other things to think about and do and enjoy. It's just very, uh, it actually up a lot of times. So. <laughs> no. It's funny you said that there's a fine line between being fully committed to your health, which I do suggest, but then the more you think about it, it kind of becomes like too much pressure, kind of like don't look up or don't hit your nose and then you like have to. So I think if you pay that much attention, yes. for some people it's good in the beginning to track to learn, but it just it becomes like an all-consuming thing. And then their yeah. whole mindset's like diet, diet, good or bad. So you were doing low carb. And then how did you initially start making the baking mixes? I just want to point out something you just said that was so accurate. 
I think when we go into something saying diet, 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 it's so different than, and I think this is why this lifestyle works for me is because I went in saying this is my lifestyle, this is my comfort zone, this is what works for me, I'm comfortable here. And with any kind of lifestyle, you're going to deviate a little bit here and a little bit there for special occasions or what have you. But having that sense that this is not a diet, this is just what works for me is probably one of the main things that helped me uh, get a bit of food freedom. So sorry, I just had to, I, what you said was so spot on. <laughs> No problem. When you have the right mindset, deviating doesn't turn to guilt. It's just like, oh, the wedding food was amazing. It's a new day. I'm not mad about yesterday. It's a new day. (laughs) Yes. I used to like before keto and low carb, I, because I I was trying to find out what worked for me. I used to go and like work out until I didn't feel great or not eat as many calories the next day because that's what I thought I should do. And I'm like, why am I punishing? Yeah. Just not having a punishment, I think is freeing enough. So yes, you are hundred percent right. I think just seeing what's good for you and what's healthy for you and just kind of generally staying on that path is really enough. It really is, you know. Yeah. So I agree with you 100%. I will jump to the next question, which is how did I get started? So I went low carb in 2013. I had been low carb before and it worked for me. But you know how long time, you know, when you first start low carb and you're like, I can't not eat bread. (laughs) You know what I mean? And now I'm just like, it's not a big deal. And I mean, I I made a bread mix, so I'm I'm fine. I think what happened was I love to cook and I love to bake. And I was feeling so good. I was like, well, you know what? I still want to have fun something sweet. So I started researching and it was all these ingredients that were really hard to use. They're really fickle. I started experimenting in the kitchen making chocolate chip cookies because I really just want, I'm, like I told you, I really wanted a chocolate chip cookie. I don't know why I was fixated on this. <laughs> I really wanted one. And I originally was going to have a ready to eat cookie and I did the research and I was getting it prepared and I even like would give out samples and I packed them and I had a name. I kept agonizing over should I do coconut oil or butter? And I was like, but some people are dairy free. And then I would talk to other people and I'm like, some people don't like coconut or <laughs> the taste of coconut. And then I just said, you know what, let me make a mix and then they can add whatever they want. I finally finalized it. It was originally with almond flour because you can't make it in your house in New York. The only co-packer I could find that would do such a small run for me as a new company was nut free. And they said, why don't you try sunflower seed? I was like, okay. And so I did. <laughs> and that's how it happened. And I released it in October 2015. I did it three days before my 31st birthday because I had a personal goal of starting a business while I was 30. So I did. Oh my God, I did too. <laughs> That's so funny. I had oh my God, that. I don't know why. I was like, I have to do it. And so by that point, I had already been in the community online of like the OGs from 2013. A month later, I found out I was pregnant with my second. I actually started going low carb after I had Ibby, my now seven-year-old. He was like eight months. I broke my toe. Just was like, oh, I just feel like nothing's working from my body had changed. I used to be able to calorie count. It wasn't working anymore. Then I started researching. There was Ducon and Atkins. And then I kept seeing keto. And this is like way back, right? This is seven years ago at this point. And I was like, keto, what's keto? And so I researched, I researched. I was like, I'm going to give this a go. And it was amazing. <laughs> it just clicked with me. It was crazy. And so that's how that happened. And then I started finding out about erythritol and all these different flowers and coconut flour and almond flour and sunflower seed flour. And I became obsessed, like really obsessed. Then I launched it. Then I got pregnant with Gus <laughs> months later. And I was still working at this point as well. So I had Ibby, who was three at the time, launched it, got pregnant was still working my other job in digital marketing. And then I got let go when I was eight months pregnant and I had just launched the brownie mix. I was in the hospital in Texas because I 
gave birth in Texas to be with my family. And even though I live in New York, I'm originally Texan. I was recovering from my C-section. I was just on my phone. You know, when you're just kind of like hanging out in the hospital room, my husband was there. And I go, oh my God. He goes, what? I go, my brownie mix hit number one on Amazon. He goes, no. I go, oh, I'm like healing from a C-section. I just remember being like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then we looked at each other and I still remember. He goes, okay, like, are you going to go back to market? Like, what do you want to do? I was like, uh, what do you think I should do? Like, we're just discussing it. And he goes, okay, well, I think this is your time. Like, you either go all in or not. So at this point, I was working and pregnant had Ibby and doing good deeds at the same time. So this was my chance. I had already been let go from the other job. And he was like, this is your chance. Just go all in. And I, I did. And that was in 2016 of August. And I haven't really looked back since. And it's been crazy. That's amazing. And such a busy time. I actually always suggest everybody should start some type of business. I just know it takes a lot of work, but most business owners say the hard work up front is worth it. What was the hardest part for you creating the company? There's a lot of hard parts. I didn't have a budget. Um, it really was me just putting in $5,000 worth of savings. Since then, I haven't had any investors or anything. It was just constantly reinvesting. I didn't actually pay myself for almost two years. So being on a budget in New York City is really hard. I was very fortunate. I have my husband. But, you know, we have two kids. I still remember the days of packing my own orders and putting them under the stroller and pushing Gus and to drop him off at the post office and then going and getting Ibby from pre-K and then walking back because I didn't make sense to take a car and it's really expensive to take an Uber or a taxi. And I remember that like really distinctly. And I was like sleep deprived and breastfeeding. It was just so much. So I think having to get really creative with how getting the word out about my company and honestly, such a big part of my company was word of mouth. And that's why I'm so embedded and indebted to the community. I really would not be where I am without them. And I'm so aware and so appreciative and very grateful because I did not have any money for marketing at all. I, you know, I think part of it is hard work. Obviously I worked hard every day, but I was just lucky in the sense that I was part of this really great and supportive community to this day. I get just the best messages every day. That's why I still, I read all my Instagram messages. I respond to all of them. Um, it's just something I'm, I don't know how I'm ever going to let go of that. <laughs> like I can be a little controlling, but without them, I really didn't have any money. It still blows my mind that the company has gone to where it's been, especially because I was doing it by myself for so long before I ever hired anyone to help me. And even now, it's really just me and I have Jenna who works with me and everything else are contractors. It's just insanity. That's <laughs> really impressive. And it's so rewarding when you get messages like that. What made you actually expand? You had your brownies. You first did your cookie. What made you expand? Because now you have, how many do you have now? Over 15. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think also I just got more comfortable in what I was doing. Like I said, I really do love food. I was at home with Gus. He's such a, he's like the cutest little baby. <laughs> when I get focused on something, because this is my main focus now, I go really, and it's just a joke in my family. Like they said, they, they get scared to ever say something in front of me because I will have already booked it. The car will be in front. <laughs> We're going to have our tickets. <laughs> We're passport. That's my personality. So... When my husband's like, this is your chance, go full force. I was like, oh, I will. <laughs> so I did. I just kept thinking, what do I want to eat? So I made my first snickerdoodle. And, and remember, keep in mind, I am also very open-minded to change. When, you, when I get feedback from my customers, I really take it seriously. The snickerdoodle is now on its third version, but that was my third one. Again, all of it was not free at this point. And then blondies came, and then muffins came, and I just 
didn't want to stop. And so every time I had a little bit of money, I reinvested it into a new mix. It was really just taking a leap and not stopping growth just to give myself kind of payment or paying anyone. I did literally everything for over two years. A lot of dedication. Oh, I'm super dedicated. I love what I do so much. There's some days where it's like crazy and stress and we'll have like a lost shipment or something will happen. And I'm like, how cool that this is like an issue that I have. That I have <laughs> my own company with a lost shipment. How cool is that? Right. <laughs> so cool. I want to talk about ingredients just for the people who have not seen your packaging. Right now, they're gluten-free and sugar-free. They're grain-free too, right? Soy-free. Tell me about the ingredients. Do they all have almond flour? Some have no nuts. What are the ingredients like? Sure. Um, So I have my sunflower seed mixes. Those were my originals. And then I expanded into my almond flour mixes. Some of the mixes have soluble tapioca fiber, which is grain-free. And then a few mixes do have soluble corn fiber, which is really just called resistant maltodextrin, which is not the same as maltodextrin. So that's something that has been put out there that's false. I have a video about it and I wanted to clear that up because I think what happens is a lot of people speak uninformed and when they do it, they do it with such conviction that other people believe it and then the misinformation spreads. So maltodextrin and resistant maltodextrin are not the same thing. Resistant maltodextrin is soluble corn fiber. It's just one of the words for it and it's actually an approved FDA fiber. Same with soluble tapioca fiber, which is similar. It's just resistant dextrin versus maltodextrin. They are both really cool and ingredients. And I pride myself in being innovative. So I think what does differentiate me is that I make all my mixes. I know exactly what ingredients go into them. I made it myself. If I get enough feedback on something, for instance, some of the mixes did have prebiotic soluble fiber for a while because that's what I had. And then in 2018, the FDA changed the ruling that it wasn't going to be considered 100% fiber. I had until next year, actually next January, to change all the mixes, but I finished it earlier. And now I've been slowly re-releasing all the new formulas without having the quote-unquote the IMO in it. I'm very familiar with everything because I'm the one working with everything. My carrot cake has watermelon seed flour, which was really cool to use. That was exciting. Uh, So those are the three that I have now. And then I'm sure you've seen we have the syrup, which is allulose sweetened. And allulose is a new sweetener about eight months ago, maybe even a year. It got approved by the FDA to not be considered an added sugar. So people were using it in keto foods or low-carb foods because it really didn't impact your glucose levels, but it was still labeling-wise considered a quote-unquote added sugar, even though it would even out. Basically, if you had 9 grams of allulose and 10 total carbs, you can subtract those 9 grams. But on the label, it was super confusing because it looked like added sugars. They approved it to not be shown as a sugar or an added sugar. It's a really great sweetener, and I'm using that in, I made a maple syrup, and then in the allulose-sweetened dark chocolate chips, which are also vegan. Oh, wow. I just released my final version of the chocolate and I call it no milk chocolate. It's like a play on words. And then the whipped vanilla frosting. I do want to order your frosting next. I want to ask you what... Um, I want to know uh, what you think of it. <laughs> uh, for my family birthday recently, I made the yellow snack cake. And I made, I made my, it today. You did? And what's funny, you said earlier, you said, oh, you can choose coconut oil. I don't know if you could choose butter for this, but I loved it. And I thought, wonder what happens yes. if I use butter. So next time, oh, I'm going to try the butter. <laughs> no, no, do the butter. It's delicious. Okay. I, I just get coconut oil because it's already melted. It's just easier to kind of mix in. And I found with some of the other mixes, when I said butter or oil, it confused people. 
because they're like, well, which one should I do? I was like, no, really, you can literally do both. It's just yeah. if you're dairy free and <laughs> you don't don't do the butter. But no, you can definitely do butter. It's delicious. I made it today. I, I used my frosting because I finally got the frosting uh, in like to myself. And then I put the sprinkles on top and I feel so proud of this cake. It was, oh. like My kids were looking at it and I'm like, I saw little fingers trying to go at it. I was like, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. I need it tomorrow for a oh. meeting. Don't- oh, for a meeting? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I made my own frosting and I was looking up like a healthy one from one of my cookbooks. So I would love to try your frosting. What's the process for like when you were perfecting it? Did you have to measure and make like 10 different versions? Or oh, did it- oh. oh my God. I have, uh, I have about, I think now I have five different scales and this goes for both mixes and frosting and syrup and all of it. I have all these different scales. You can't really use measurements anymore. Like <laughs> half a cup of the, no, that, that went out the window. Right. When I do it and I start getting closer to what I want, I have everything written down. I handwrite everything. I don't know why pen to paper just really resonates with me. Um, I'm very old school. Then I start the testing and the testing, I will test it so many times. So by the time the mix comes out, I'm just like, I can't look at it (laughs) for a while because it's delicious, but I ate it so much. I'm really, really meticulous. I will test it dozens of times for sure and I just I I usually give it away at that point because a lot of the stuff I make my sister really likes and she lives in New York with me so that's super helpful I will then give it to my co-packer they'll give me the sample of how it would be if it was run like on a run and then I test it and then what I do is I try to undermine some of the like go under some of the ingredient amounts like the wet ingredients or go over I want to make it as foolproof as possible so let's say someone accidentally does a little bit more than a third of a cup or they only have two eggs or you know are they using large eggs are they using medium eggs and so that's what I, that's what I start doing I just try to make it as foolproof as possible and they really are so that that was my main goal I wanted something that tasted good good ingredients but I knew it needed to be easy so my whole thing is I usually don't want you to add more than two ingredients which is usually eggs and butter or eggs and coconut oil and I want it to be one bowl because I hate when they tell me I have to mix like butter with sweetener I'm like I don't want to too. <laughs> and I'm traumatized. I actually cut my finger doing that. I used a hand blender um, when I was doing my cookie testing. And I was like, oh, because I thought I was going to have a ready to eat cookie. And my finger got stuck in the hand blender and I had to have surgery. Oh, yeah. It's first and then I was like, no, no one really wants to blend the butter with the sweetener. No one does. I would be surprised if you do. <laughs> it needs to be one bowl. It needs to be foolproof. It needs to be under 10 minutes. And that's it. Like three minutes to put together and then put it in the oven. And now I just realized even today when I was making everything goes like yeah it really is easy it's not hard and I think it can be intimidating when you start a lifestyle and it's not just keto right it can be if they are low carb if they're diabetic if they're just trying to be sugar conscious or if you're just gluten free it's a lot to take in and actually I wouldn't even know how to bake anymore with real flour but <laughs> okay I mean I don't know how to use the ingredients I used to be able to use which you know that's, that's fine by me but it needed to be easy because when I was doing all this I was like this is not easy people are spending so much money these ingredients are not cheap ingredients by the way to do trial and error at home if you're not maybe experienced it's costly it is so it really is i really do try to use the best ingredients that i can find i'm really picky about who i work with the vendors that i have for the ingredients that i'm using i really i'd rather pay more and just have a better product because it's worth it to me i'm not like i have these giant margins i don't it's really about the product to me i won't release something i'm not proud of and if i release something and i was proud of it at the moment but i've 
evolved, which has happened now multiple times, I'll change it. I mean, I've just changed seven mixes. That's okay because I'm not always going to be right. And I think when you stop evolving, you stop growing. I like that. When you stop evolving, you stop growing. Oh, for sure. I think it's easy to be complacent, but you can only keep throwing money at marketing for so long. If it's overwhelming where you're not listening to your customers, those are the brands that usually fail. It's just detrimental and it's not worth it. And what about getting them ready for purchase? Do you have to get approval or just like an inspection and you're good to go? Is that one of the long phases before? before um, no. Release? So basically to get it ready to sell like that would be like for the co-packer, the co-manufacturer that I use. Oh, okay. That They already have all, and by the way, anyone who's starting any kind of food business, be very particular with who you work with. Be very particular. Make sure they have all their certifications research until you can't research anymore that's all like for everything for everything with your product like I've talked to so many labs for nutritional information like, wh- like what do you do are you, <laughs> are you in the nutritional field I was like no <laughs> I've analyzed nutritional labels or I've gotten them back from labs and they weren't right I was like that can't be right and they're like oh sorry you're right and they go wow why are you you're reading it really intensely like is this your field I was like kind of like I'm not a nutritionist by any stretch of the imagination but I know what that label should look like like because I do my own calculations at home before I even send it to the lab. You can't just go in and trust that someone else is going to do it for you and it's going to be right. Your eyes always have to be on everything. And when you get a little lazy, that's when mistakes happen. And that's why I like supporting companies like yours. Right now, I'm a fitness advisor, but I did sell physical products on Amazon and I had a Shopify store. So I have like a touch of the e-commerce way and dealing with... Manufacturer. So I did that about two years ago. So where do you sell your mixes? You have them on Amazon as well, right? I do. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm pretty successful on Amazon. I have my site. I'm in a few small stores. Hopefully we'll be expanding. I'm on Amazon Canada, Amazon UK. Um, for Canada, my main store is uh, Switch Grocery. So I am, you know, Neha at Switch Grocery is a fellow female entrepreneur. She's amazing. And we have kind of, we've really grown together and which is, it's been really great. Um, so I'm there. I'm in Puerto Rico and I actually have a, an event. I'm in Dominican and I'll be expanding to Mexico soon. It's very exciting. Congratulations. But, hold on. So you sold actual things on Amazon and on Shopify? I did. More so Amazon because that's what I put most of my time into. Amazon, I loved it. I learned so much. Yes. I think it's a great other stream of income, honestly, no matter what, if it's like your business or not, anybody can do it. And I didn't know that at first. I thought it was like one building of like Amazon. It's so true. Amazon is great. The commission is a little high. I'm sure you've noticed. Um, Storage they, they fees. Take, yeah, they do take some, some of the, some of it, you know, the FBA fees, but I agree 1000%. It just gets your products out there in front of so many people. I'm super grateful for Amazon, really. I, I think they were pivotal for me. Actually, now that I think about it, I got your first, I did, because I went to your website, but first I started with buying your brownies from Amazon. Then I went and I bought every single other one. I think there's one that I didn't get that was sold out. But right now I have a crate in my pantry and it's dedicated to your brand because I want to I physically see when the supply is low because now whenever I go to a party or a housewarming, I just choose one of your mixes. I, I'm always like, what should I bring now? Now I just bring one of yours because it's quick to bake <laughs> and it's always fully eaten at the end of the parties. And Thank that's you what for I saying love. that. Yeah, it doesn't have I to be like a that. tasteless, healthy food. It, it so, tastes and that's like the dessert. Thing. And by the way, you just nailed it. So that's another thing. I want people who try the mixes. Yes, they go in and they're like, okay, sure. I want it to taste as similar 
to its heavy carb counterpart, as similar as it can be using the ingredients that I'm using, because, you know, food can bring memories for us. But also, I hope that just lets someone know that whoever made it loves food, because I do. I think when you have someone who doesn't care about food, or, you know, is just doing it to make money, or, you know, or cash in on a trend, I hope <laughs> the one thing they leave with is like, whoever created this really loves, like, really loves to eat. This is really as similar as it could have gone because I do and I know how it is like I don't want to waste my appetite on something that's not really that good just because it's quote-unquote what I should eat no if you're going to eat it it needs to be delicious I feel like that's rule number one and with your brand I can still have my I don't like to say treats or cheats or any of those words but I can still have a satisfying snack and I know that the ingredients are good no thank you for saying that and I and I love that you don't say cheats or eat. I, I agree with you. I, again, I think that just puts a lot of pressure on us. But I also know there are so many different lifestyles that buy my mixes. So I've actually been working on some people and I, I can be one of them sometimes depending on the time of the month. <laughs> I'm more of a volume eater. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll just have a little bit of this and I'll feel fine. Sometimes I want volume. I have been finding these really cool hacks with the mixes where I've been able to do like with the brownies. This has been a favorite hack recently. You replace the oil or the butter with the same amount of Greek yogurt. The whole pan ends up coming out to under 600 calories, which has been really cool so then I've eaten it all before. But, <laughs> and sometimes I don't have coconut oil. I don't have butter for whatever reason. I mean, that hasn't happened in a while. Or sometimes I have Greek yogurt I want to use before it expires, which I think happens to all of us because sometimes right. I get the really big ones and I'm like, I'll finish this. And then I see the expiration dates coming and I get stressed out. <laughs> I now have just like made hacks. There's some people who are dairy intolerant who don't like coconut oil. They can have Greek yogurt, but for some reason, butter doesn't work well with them. So it's been really cool to see how flexible the mixes can be. It's a great idea to use the yogurt instead. Oh, I love it. It's been a favorite for a lot of people. And when I put it, I was like, no, no one's going to care. No, they loved it. So that was really fun to do that one. That was my favorite. And it works for a lot of the mixes, actually. I've been testing it out. It does also for the yellow cake. One of my customers said that they do the three tablespoons of Greek yogurt for the yellow cake and they do egg whites because they just have, you know how you have those carn of egg whites that you never use up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they did that and it, it worked for them. And I was like, cool. So I love hearing that stuff. I love knowing that you can just kind of find something in the fridge because again, these are very fickle ingredients. So if I can make it where you can kind of just figure out whatever you have in your fridge and it still works because some mixes that doesn't happen, it's super cool. I actually used way too much coconut oil and it was still like amazing so <laughs> I've done that before I've done that before but actually with the new formulas of the mixes where I removed the IMO the majority of them actually now use less butter oil just because of the way I reformulated it and they still taste really really good alright I'll have to try the new ones do you have any advice for women listening who feel that it's not possible to create something maybe because of family or a busy point in their life yes don't listen to anybody <laughs> seriously if I had listened to the majority of people in the beginning I wouldn't have done it because I had a pretty good paying job I got let go from it I got made redundant so go always with your gut feeling always look ahead if you feel in your stomach in your gut that this is something that you want to do that you know it's a really good idea you need to do it and you need to put in the work into it there have been nights I don't sleep and I'm not saying this is going to be forever it's just in the beginning 
think one of the best tips that I had heard, I don't remember where I heard it from, but I started doing it and it works so well. It's time blocking. So I started time blocking and I became very, I've always been efficient, but I became really, really efficient in this time frame. And I promise you, even working an hour to two hours at night on your side project, it can be a main project. And hopefully I'm living proof of that. You are. And that's excellent advice. I'm actually creating a document for people about time blocking because I use that myself. You do? Yes. That's the you only way I can this. do all of this. Yeah. Oh my God. So try. I have it on my phone. I time block. So I put nine to 10 meeting, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to 11 test baking, 11 to 12, you know, whatever. And then I'll put in like one thirty to two, make dinner for at night. And then I know that I, I block out my calendar for when I pick up my kids and I have to do homework with my older one. And then I, I'm able to hang out with them and spend time with them. It can sometimes be a bit of a rigid schedule, but realistically, it's not forever. I mean, I haven't deviated from it in a while, but I'm just saying it's not forever. Doing that, you really just realize how efficient you can be. It's that I love that you do it too. It's so nice to talk to somebody who also does it because I'm like, isn't it great? When I told my sister I was like, you need to time block. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think the rigidity adds more hours to your day. I really do. Oh, 100%. Like, I also, I have to do that because I, one of the main reasons I started my company, and I know this sounds really silly, one of the main reasons I started it is I wanted a job where I can drop off in the morning and pick up my kids from school every day. I I, I don't let anyone else do it, and I, I don't know if I'm weird about it, but I wanted that flexibility that I can be with them in the morning, be with them in the afternoon, and even if I need to volunteer or be part of the school somehow. I wanted to know that I could do that. And so I have been able to. It doesn't mean I'm not tired, (laughs) but I have been able to. And again, for that, I will be forever grateful for my customers for giving me that opportunity because I know how lucky I am. That's wonderful. I'm so happy for you. And thank you so much for making these healthy desserts for us. Thank you. (laughs) No, thank you, really. It's it's been a pleasure. You know, I feel like we're pretty similar. So that's been a really cool conversation to talk to someone who kind of (laughs) does, you know, the the same things that I do. Sometimes I don't even say that I time blog because I'm sure someone would be like, hmm? (laughs) Yes. Well, between my healthy eating and that, people think I'm like high maintenance. I'm like, no, I just like have learned what works for me. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. You learn what works for you. And it's almost like that dedication or (laughs) that focus if someone else doesn't have it. Because I used to be like that. I'm just like, oh, they're just like really rigid. And I'm like, no, really, that's just what works for them. And I shouldn't have judged them. (laughs) (laughs) Because now I know what works for me. Where can we find you online? You know, I'm at goodddeeds.com, G-O-O-D-D-E-S.com. I'm on Amazon and I'm literally always on Instagram. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find every episode, including the written versions to read on AaronRowe.com. Be sure to leave a review because I love hearing your opinions on the topics I shared. Are they new? Are they helpful for you? Tap that subscribe button so you don't miss the future interviews and enlightenment to come. This episode was brought to you by me and only me because I love sharing new ideas with you. Take action to become better. Have a fabulous day.